Hey gearheads and welcome to GT Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I am your host Corey and on this week's episode I'm going to do something that I have been teasing for several weeks now, maybe even longer than that. I assume, yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. I will share the story of how hand washing vehicles namely my 2007 Chevy Silverado crew cab, saved my life. But first, because you know I've got to build excitement. I've, I, I can't just give you all the good stuff right away. I, I, I need to build into it. And I, I ask this question of every guest, almost every guest that comes on the show in our random misfire segment, do you hand wash your vehicles or... Do you take them through a drive-through car wash? You know, there is that, you know, third option. It's the not drive-through car wash, but the drive-up spray it yourself style car wash. Uh, just the ones that are everywhere, you know, the do-it-yourself kind before all the automated ones took over the world, which here in Tyler, Texas, there is a company called Glow, G-L-E-A-U-X. Yes, they are. Um, Louisiana-based, I am quite sure, but uh, they are popping up everywhere around here and buying up older existing drive-through automated car washes and rebranding them as well. So yes, if you are anywhere near East Texas, not sponsored, but there are, there is a glow car wash probably within five blocks of you, <laughs> it seems like. No hate, just calling it like I see it there. There are a lot of them here, and I've actually taken several of our press vehicles there, including one I'm staring at some gorgeous pictures of right now in the Sao Paulo Lime Genesis GV60 electric vehicle that we had. Because, yes, uh, before video shoots and photo shoots of these vehicles, I gotta get them all pretty and nice, but I ain't hand washing them in 105 degree Texas summer heat. Luckily, as I sit and record this, it is the 14th of July and it is not even 80 degrees out right now because we did get a glorious thunderstorm and quite a bit of rain this morning. It feels wonderful outside and is is a nice break from the triple digit forecast that we've seen for what seems like a month now. I don't it, oh, it's it's hot here in Texas. Texas is just, it's hot right now. And yeah, I, I, I would not wish this heat on anyone. Uh, I made the joke on Facebook not that long ago that my yard may be suffering, but thank goodness the uh, weeds in the cracks in the road in front of our house are thriving. That's, that's where I am. But anyway, car washes and what I think of them and yes, my history with them. Since my mom bought her 1998 Pontiac Grand Prix GTP supercharged 3.8 liter V6, I was, oh gosh, how old was I in 98? Doesn't matter. Let's see. I was 12. Yes, 12. That makes sense. Since I was 12 years old, like hand washing has been not, a, not just a hobby, but like a fun, I don't want to say passion maybe pastime for me and my brother, who's two years older than me. Shout out to you, Clay. 
there was not a nice day in the summer when we weren't in school that my mom's bright red wide track Grand Prix was not being hand washed by either myself or my brother or both of us in the driveway, which come to think of it now was almost as steep as my driveway is here now. Funny how that works. Anyway, yes, we were always hand washing her car in the driveway and then when my brother turned 16 and he got his first vehicle, which was a 1987, correct me somewhere, Clay, if I got this wrong, but 1987 Mazda B2200, regular cab with a long bed and a five-speed manual transmission that I, sorry, mom and dad, I know y'all were proud to buy this for him, but I affectionately called the turd because it was long and brown and not all that pretty. And it had a brown in interior too. It was brown on brown. It, it, it wasn't a good look. <laughs> but I'm sure he would kill for that truck right now. Just because it's you don't see those anymore. Anyway, he got that vehicle when he turned 16. And drove it everywhere. And he began hand washing it. And then he got what he really wanted after that. Which was... I know I'm going to butcher the years on this because you've had like four of them, but I, I'm 99% sure it was 1989 Nissan 240SX red hatchback, not the coupe. It was the hatchback, which I, I actually really like that car, Clay. I don't know if I ever really told you. Uh, that car still looks good to this day. And uh, I, I, I see where you fell in love with it because rear wheel drive, manual transmission, hatchback functionality, you know, they were fun cars. They were good cars. And uh, one of these days, if I ever get a GR86 for any length of time, I may or may not compare the two because how you felt of the 240 back in the mid-2000s is how I think future generations will look at the current GR86 and Subaru BRZ because those are those are the, like the next really cool underrated car on the used market. They are just that good. I've had a short stints in the 2022 GR86 both on the track at Texas Motor Speedway, their road course, not the big oval, unfortunately, and also here on some fun East Texas back roads. And th that car, it's good. It's really good. It it's the right price in today's market. It's got a usable backseat in it. And it was just fun. It was a blast. I I've enjoyed every opportunity I've had to get behind the wheel of a Toyota GR86. And conversely, the Subaru BRZ Twin. So I, I really see those being future classics or uh, must-gets on the used car market. I mean, they're hot right now if you can find one. So um, they're, they're just good. Anyway, Clay got his first of many 240SX um, hatchbacks. Yes, he got all hatchbacks. I, I was never a fan of the coupe. Anyway, I ramble. And we were hand washing that. Yes, I say we. Uh, he's had, oh gosh, how many cars did you have while we were 
both still at home. You had the RX-7, you had the Honda S2000, uh, another 240, you had the Skyline, R32, I believe, Skyline in there, and all of those were rigorously and almost religiously hand-washed by mostly you because they were your car. I ended up, my first car was our grandfather's 1991 Cadillac Eldorado. I was the second owner of that vehicle. He only drove it to the golf course and back. So while it was elderly when I received it uh, in the mid-2000s and it was a 91 model, it was very well kept. Uh, The unfortunate thing was, it was a 1991 American-made vehicle, so it started showing signs of being a 1991 American-made vehicle when I owned it. We'll just leave it at that. But that car also religiously got hand-washed, that one by me, and I had a Pontiac Grand Am GT in there. That got hand-washed. I hand-washed the cars a lot, and for me, it was... Part, yes, functional to get the vehicle clean, get it shiny, get it nice. Two, to see what the new products would do. I remember, Clay, you were getting like color tire shine. Like you got red tire shine to match your red 240. There there was all kinds of stuff. We were always like when we went to Target or Walmart, we would go to the car care aisle. We graduated from the car model aisle of Hobby Lobby. And now our main interest was the car care aisle of Target, Walmart, you name the store. So our, our interests changed when we got full-size cars to play with and take care of and keep. And I would absolutely be remiss if I did not plug my own website here, but some of my favorite car care gear can be found at gtgaragetalk.com slash gear. So be sure and check that out and you'll see some of the favorite stuff that I've come across over my years of hand-washing vehicles out there shared for you. So there's that. And so we were always trying new products, different things, and always hand-washing as much as we could. And for me, on top of you know being a research bed of what we could use to get them clean and what worked, it was a time to you know figure out if there was a new dent or if somebody hit you and chipped some paint or whatever the case may be, because you were washing like every inch of the vehicle, you really got to know the vehicle. And I have long joked, this is a question I ask every single guest on our show. I name my cars and it started with that 1991 Cadillac Eldorado. She was Rosita started as a joke because uh, Joey on Friends named his recliner Rosita and somehow that that's what the Cadillac was called. I don't know. I always jokingly referred to it as the Aggie Caddy as well because we live in Texas. I wanted to go to Texas A&M. It was maroon outside with maroon leather interior and maroon carpet and a maroon dash. Everything that wasn't fake wood was maroon. Like, it was a maroon car. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, it, it was the Aggie Caddy. She was Rosita, however you want to look at it. But, yeah, it gave me an opportunity to really examine, you know, 
new dents, new dings, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, I mentioned I got a Pontiac Grand Am and that one was a used car and allowed me to know what the previous owner did and what was new since I had gotten it. And then after that Pontiac Grand Am GT, mind you, it was a four-door, but it was a GT, had the monsoon sound system. I do remember that. Uh, I, I blame part of my wanting of that Grand Am on the fact that my mom still had the Grand Prix GTP. The Grand Am was like the little sibling to it. I, I thought the styling was cool. I was always, and will admit, been a GM fanboy. And so being able to get a somewhat fun, relatively cheap General Motors vehicle was high on my list of things to do. And while I was not riding in luxury like I was in the Cadillac, which literally drove down the road like a boat, like it it floated down the road. To go into something a little more sporty uh, as I was going into my college years, it, it was a fun transition for me, I'm not going to lie. And then as I got my first real job and that spun into kind of a side gig of cleaning swimming pools in the area, I traded that in for my first brand new vehicle, which started a series (laughs) of me buying apparently exclusively Chevrolets and exclusively new vehicles. It was a very expensive habit there for a little while (laughs) that I had. And uh, being that it was a Silverado crew cab, there was a lot of it. It was a big truck and required, you know, a ladder to get in the roof and a climb in the bed to clean the roof and stuff like that. But my hand washing days uh, were not behind me. I, I still kept it up until this truck. Uh, this truck really broke me of those habits because I I guess I'll go ahead and explain to anyone who may be listening to this who doesn't watch my YouTube channel and has not actually seen me but only heard my voice. Um, I am a redhead. I do have fair skin and you can probably see where this is going. Big truck outside, fair skin. I noticed a spot on my right arm that just didn't quite look right to me. Keep in mind, I am also working at a swimming pool store. I clean pools. I'm constantly outside, but really it was particularly, I still remember it this one time, hand washing my truck in the driveway. And I go inside and I ask my parents, I'm like, does this look right to you? Because in my pool cleaning job, I wore t-shirts, you know, I had a pretty good farmer's tan, but when I was cleaning my truck, I put on a sleeveless shirt to try and, you know, fade that in a little bit, so to speak, get the rest of my arm maybe a little bit darker. And yeah, there's just a spot on my right bicep that did not look right. And it was a black mole. It looked like somebody got a Sharpie and colored on my arm. And they suggested, you know, go talk to my doctor. Of course, he He's like, you know, it doesn't look great, so we'll take a biopsy, send it off. I'm like, okay, whatever. They do that and send it off. Nothing crosses my mind since I go about my business. I still remember I was in biology class in college. 
UT Teller with one of my really good friends and I see the phone ring. I know it's my doctor and I'm like, well, I better take this. I sneak out the back entrance to the uh, lecture hall classroom that we're in. And sure enough, he tells me uh, that it is a melanoma, which is like the worst skin cancer. So there's carcinoma, which is like the most common skin cancer. And they're like localized. You chop them off, burn them off, whatever. You're good to go. Melanoma apparently spreads like wildfire and you need to nip it in the bud like immediately. So the fact that I saw this on my arm immediately went to the doctor, got it checked out, didn't waste any time from noticing it, like literally the next day, because it was a weekend. The next day, I called my doctor, set up an appointment, took care of it, and progressed down the line from there. All that to say, he sent me up with a specialist, specialist scheduled surgery, took a giant chunk out of my arm. I still remember them handing it over top of me in the little jar, and it looked like chunk of peach like you had just carved the flesh out of peach and yeah it uh, I'm squeamish I'm surprised I didn't faint from that just seeing a hunk of my flesh being handed over top of me not connected to my body because just a note on how squeamish I am my wife likes to tell the latter story I'll tell this one first I used to give plasma again when in college you know a little extra money and I remember going out to eat with my parents at a Mexican food place and I couldn't like bend my elbow because the bandage was covering my elbow. So I took the bandage off at the restaurant and it pulled the scab off with it. And I still remember seeing the blood start to pool just ever so slightly right at the point of where the needle was injected to give plasma. And I felt the color drain from my face. I got tunnel vision just looking at my arm thinking, oh no, I'm going to bleed out right here in the restaurant. Uh, luckily, I didn't bleed out nor pass out. I just slowly calmed myself and told myself I was not going to die right there. <laughs> and I, I survived. Funny thing is, when you give plasma, you like actually watch the blood pump out of your body, feel this little clear pint because they separate the plasma from the blood. They pump pump that blood back into you. And like I could watch my blood go through this machine, no problem whatsoever. But when I saw blood freely leaving my body, not contained in anything. Yeah, I about passed out. Second story, my wife was pregnant. We hadn't told anyone yet. She was having just really bad headaches. So we went one late one night and uh, just had her checked in, checked out at an emergency room. Bless the nurse's heart. She could not find a vein to set up an IV to get her hydrated and like it was late at night there was nothing i could do my wife was in pain needles were involved i passed out like fell on the floor passed out <laughs> and i remember coming to and everybody's like staring at me are you okay so yeah holly loves telling that story on me she's gonna hate that she didn't get to tell that story on me here on the podcast but you know Whatever. All that to say, I'm squeamish. They handed this chunk of flesh over top of me. I saw it. It was gross. Whatever. The healing process left me with my Harry Potter scar 
It looks like a lightning bolt now on my right arm because he gave me an option. I could have an eye scar and it would have a big divot because he took out such a big chunk. Or he could do like a lightning bolt and, you know, pull the skin from multiple different directions and my arm would not have a giant gaping divot in it. Anyway, I chose the latter. I've got a cool lightning bolt scar now because of it. And... Ever since then, I've had a regularly scheduled appointment with a dermatologist. Uh, check me over, make sure nothing's coming back. Because again, melanoma is the worst kind and is not to be messed with. And no time is to be wasted with messing with melanoma. So yes, uh, all stemming from hand washing my 2007 Chevy Silverado. And so, yes, that is how hand washing saved my life. I am incredibly grateful for the truck <laughs> and the role she played. Her name was Sarah Joe, if you're keeping score. The Pontiac was Angelina, if anyone's interested. And I'm sure you could probably figure out why Angelina. She was white, um, angelic, but also certain actress. I was fairly fond of at the time. And then after the Silverado, let's see, I had a Chevy Equinox that was dark red. That was Scarlet. Are you seeing a trend here? After Scarlet, what did I get? Uh, my Camaro, uh, which was Cameron, which that one I named my Camaro when I was nine years old and had determined I was going to get a Camaro. Just slapped an in on the end of it. You've heard this story, I'm sure. And then lastly, Nelly, my cruise, named after, ironically, not a, an actress in Hollywood, but a baseball player, Nelson Cruz, Nelly Cruz. And yeah, the rest is history. Our Jeep does not have a name. None of the press cars have gotten names. It's the world I live in now, I guess. But yep, uh, I, I tell this story now as we're in midway through summer 2020 we are here in july just to let you know be cognizant be careful when you are out enjoying summer summer fun whatever that looks like for you whether you're out on the lake tube in the river uh, cruising down the ocean whatever the case may be be careful be cognizant wear your sunscreen I, I'm, I am that person now. Who knew you would get skincare advice here on GT Garage Talk, a podcast that is supposed to be about cars and somehow, yes, I've turned it into me and skincare. But I, I figured I've teased that story long enough that now coming into the summer is an appropriate time to tell it. I, 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 I don't take it lightly. It did you, you may think, okay, uh, I'm being dramatic on this, but had that gone unchecked for any length of time longer than what I did for it could have turned out much worse for me. Uh, I do remember not only did I have the surgery scheduled where he removed it surgically, there were at times and in different points conversations around radiation treatment was that going to be necessary chemo would that be necessary all of which playing in the back of my mind i had two grandparents die of lung cancer and my grandfather the first one 
we're still kind of to this day a little concerned that maybe they went a little too aggressive with the chemo and maybe it wasn't the effects of that that really took its toll on him. But, you know, he's 70 plus years old. A lot of factors go in there. Always follow medical advice given to you by medical professionals. Don't, do not come to me for medical advice other than if you see a weird mole, go get it checked out. Uh, I now, every time I go, proclaim the ABCDEs, and now even, uh, they've added E's recently, but of skin cancer, so there's asymmetrical uh, borders, if it has irregular borders, if the color of it, which was mine, it, mine was black. It wasn't brown, it wasn't dark brown, it was black. I'm sitting at a black desk right now. I've got black plastic electronics all around me. It was black as all of this stuff around me is right now. Uh, a, B, C, D is diameter. If it's larger, I can't remember the, but if it's larger than just like a small dot and then E, uh, I don't remember what E is for anymore. Hmm. Yeah, but E is new, but yes, the A, B, C, D's of uh, melanoma detection, asymmetrical borders, color, diameter. Yeah, be careful in the sun. Uh, but yes, I, I remember conversations about radiation, conversations about uh, chemo and all this stuff. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. I even for, for, forego, forwent, for, I skipped over going on a vacation with my family because I had a uh, pet scan scheduled where they like scanned every <laughs> layer of my body. I still somewhere have that on disc somewhere, but they were looking for cancerous activity in the rest of my body because again, melanoma, while it is a skin cancer, can turn up in other places. And it's actually one of the reasons why I don't give plasma anymore. I'm actually on a blacklist. I can't give plasma. I can't give blood because it is just that aggressive. I, yeah. Yeah. So again, very, very thankful to my Chevy Silverado and the role that it played. I, I can't imagine one, if I didn't have that truck, I wouldn't have been cleaning swimming pools. I would not have gotten the farmer's stand and my love of hand-washing vehicles and that being my first new vehicle, I wouldn't have tried to override the farmer's tan this one particular time when I noticed the mole. Like, who's to say when, how this would have come up later in my life or if that had been there for longer than I knew about it? I, I, I don't know. There are so many what-ifs in this scenario that it, it was just divine intervention, I, I will say, that... Uh, because I had that truck, because my career path was what it was at the time, because I loved washing vehicles, in particular my brand new vehicle, all of this came to pass and was smart enough to ask for additional help and eyeballs to look at it and got it treated and taken care of. So, yeah, that is not only the story of how hand-washing vehicles saved my life, but another brief recap because episode one, I believe, was the last time I really recapped what cars I drive and have driven in my life. 
And that recap of, let's see, go through it real quickly. Cadillac Eldorado, Pontiac Grand Prix, GT, can't forget the GT, Chevy Silverado, uh, Chevy Equinox, Chevy Camaro, Chevy Cruze. Those are the ones that I've personally owned. And then we have my wife's Jeep Cherokee. Before that, she had a 2010 Mini Cooper Coupe. No, well, not Coupe, but two-door hatchback. Um, the Coupe was a different thing altogether. Those are the vehicles that have been in my life, but I have driven so many different things, especially now with this job. And yes, I, I keep staring at this picture. That is my wallpaper of the Genesis GV60 and that Sao Paulo Lime. That's the one I want back. Hmm. Which leads me to, I know this is a shorter episode than usual, but my question of the week now for you, what vehicle has made a profound impact in your life? Uh, what vehicle just completely possibly changed the trajectory of your life? Did it take you on an epic road trip? Did it move you across the country? Whatever the case may be, did, did it launch a love for a particular brand for you? What what vehicle has really made an impact in your life and why? And do you still have it? And kind of follow-up question, what vehicle do you wish you had back in your life? Because I really miss my Camaro. I really miss that Silverado. I've had dreams that I've gotten both back. Probably more dreams about the Silverado, honestly, than the Camaro. Because for quite a while after I traded it in, whoever owned it lived and worked around me and I kept seeing it and I knew it was mine because of the modifications I had done to it. I put a different grill in myself. I changed the exhaust myself with the help of friends and had some pinstriping that was unique to it along the side. So I knew my truck. Sarah Joe couldn't hide from me, but yeah. So what car made a profound impact in your life or changed the trajectory of your life? And what vehicle would you want back in your life? Those are the two questions for you this week as we end out this week's episode. Go find me on Facebook, comment on the post about this episode on Facebook, or email me at uh, talk at gmail.com. Let me know what vehicles really impacted your life. I, I, I want some feedback from you. I might even share your story here on the podcast or maybe even invite you on the podcast. Things have changed up a little bit here lately and uh, always looking for great people to share conversations with here on the podcast. So uh, yeah, let me know. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at GT Garage Talk or email me gtgarashtalk at gmail.com. Go find us on YouTube. Watch all our car reviews. That's what helps pay for everything and doesn't cost you a dime. And until next time, gearheads, bye. Bye.